Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sports Eaters presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague. Are you ready to ride the roller coaster that this FS season was, Yo? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, this was one of the teams I was higher on to start the year and definitely didn't go that way. So I can't wait to talk about it, man. Let's go. Let's continue our series of episodes recapping the seasons of all the EuroLeague teams. We go to Istanbul, home of the former EuroLeague champions, Efes. The Turkish team had won the competition in 2021 and 2022, coming into this season as one of the favorites and with high hopes of repeating. But they were facing a hard task with the EuroLeague going into pro probably its best season ever and Efes ending the regular season in a disappointing 11th place and missing the, the playoffs. Their season had constant ups and downs and many times we were expecting that being the moment when Efes would wake up, but uh, that moment never really came. The issue started early with uh, the the season starting with only two wins on the first seven games and uh, with the playoffs still on the line after an impressive 90-89 home win against uh, Real Madrid on round 24. They still try to keep their hopes alive, but um, they had two devastating losses following that game against the Partizan at home, 80-97, and on the road in Berlin against Alba in a must-win game that they lost 95-93 that uh, completely derailed FS season. They later were able to win back-to-back games against uh, Milano and Virtus, giving us a false sense of hope that uh, they might still be on the fight. But a devastating 103-86 loss against the rivals Fenerbahce ended the FS season and the FS aspiration to revalidate their title and to, of repeating. Numbers-wise, FS FS ended the season with a plus 3.2 net rating. This positive net rating was powered by the offensive firepower that was undeniable of this team, with the team ranking in third in offensive rating. But uh, the lack of defensive consistency was one of the issues that this team faced, with uh, them being fifth, the fifth worst team in defensive rating in the, this campaign and this edition of the, the EuroLeague. We saw at times some lack of motivation. We saw the ball stopping on offense. We saw them playing at a slow pace. We saw them struggling to take advantage of their strengths many times. What in all of this you would say it was the main reason for FS falling apart and failing to repeat? Well, I mean, there's so much we can we can point to uh, with the season that they had. Obviously, all of those issues that you mentioned. I, I think. There was a real factor of uh, champions fatigue because you could clearly see that they were just super relaxed throughout the regular season and they were just waiting for the playoffs to turn it on. But the fact is, uh, with the, the level that EuroLeague has had this season, and obviously I think it's going to continue to grow, uh, you can't relax no more during the regular season because there are so many good teams, there are so many contenders, and you will lose your chance if you if you are chill during the regular season. And I think that's what happened here. If you look at their roster, uh, I don't know if there's a better team uh, with a seven to eight man rotation in EuroLeague than FH because obviously all the, the names they had and they were supposed to fit together because their talents uh, complement each other nicely. 
I think I legitimately thought they had a, a great chance of three-peating. Like, when you go back-to-back -back and then you add Will Clyburn, that could be argued as the best player in EuroLeague. I mean, obviously, championship is the only goal that you that you should have. So for that team not to make the playoffs, I mean, not even top 10, they, they finished 11. It's pretty disappointing because I just think that a lot of people, a lot of people had high hopes for this team. And uh, I just feel for Will Clyburn, man, because he came here to help him <laughs> achieve the three peat and they, they massively disappointed. And I'm not saying that he was perfect also, but uh, I really think that the rest of the guys uh, were super relaxed and didn't play up to the level of a guy like, like Will Clyburn. So... It was a very disappointing season. And obviously now with Coach Adam and going to Panathinaikos. So they're kind of rebuilding now. So in Misic possibly going to the NBA. Uh, Will Clyburn has, has another year on his contract. But we've seen reports that maybe he, he's going to leave. So we just have to see what 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 we just have to see what they're going to do. But uh, obviously, this season was very very disappointing. It absolutely was, and while I agree with the champions' fatigue, and that would be valid for the first half of the season, when the playoffs started to be uh, on the line, I really think there was a lack of character, and I don't doubt of the character of the coaching staff of the players. They have shown it over and over again on their title runs, on their championship runs. The, those are high character people there but they just weren't able to translate that into team character when they needed it the most and they really fell short and they weren't able to succeed into the three-peat but more than three-peating because that's extremely hard it's extremely hard to three-peat it's extremely hard to achieve that in a competition like EuroLeague but um, their lack of ability of competing when they needed the most of performing when they needed the most they clearly had probably at the very least a top five team on this roster on this EuroLeague edition and they didn't play anywhere close to that level and they didn't perform anywhere close to that level and that's clearly what they were lacking we spoke many times during our episodes and our recaps of their games But for you, what were the, the main uh, tactical issues of this um, of this FS team? So we can have it here for the record on this recap. What what was lacking on this FS team game after game? What what could they have done better during during this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously we we discussed this uh, throughout the year um, that we both agree that they should have played in a, a much faster pace. Uh, I think they had the pieces for it. I think they had the rotation for it. Uh, we know Coach Adamant likes to play his best guys uh, high minutes so maybe I think he could have used the the depth that he had a little bit better to, to be able to play in a fast-paced game uh, I think that they sl they slow down too much like they try to play pick and roll too much and they do have great players to play pick and roll like Shane Larkin and Vasil Misic but uh, I think they could have played way faster I think they should have shot more threes because they had the personnel for it again and, and I think they should have used Will Clabbert in a different way like uh, you have a guy like that sitting in a corner uh, not giving him the ball not running much place for him uh, I think all of those things together uh, resulted in this disappointing season I, I just think there are so many things they could have done differently I mean defensively uh, I don't think that there was a problem of um, of tactics by uh, the coaching staff I just think that it was just the the lack of being alert and that sense of urgency that we we needed to see from them 
Uh, and I think that's more on the players more so than the coaches. But uh, offensively, uh, I think it's on the players, but it's even more on the coaches because they should have had better set plays, the playbook, whatever. Like I just think they should have been a team that would get the rebound and just try to run. They have fast guards. They have elite players in transition. Uh, even Misic, Larkin, Clyburn, Elijah Bryant, Bobois. Like they had so many options to to speed that game up. So they they really didn't try. So uh, that that was one of the things that I, I I wanted to see them do was just play faster. Yeah, it's like we spoke many times. The that would have made the game for them so much easier. And uh, it was a waste of talent to to see them not taking advantage of that and doing it at a, a much higher level as they could have. But it is what it is. The season is in the books, and uh, they now will have a new coach for next season. They have uh, they should expect some changes, and uh, I believe that uh, they will be doing better and they will be back to competing for uh, for a championship title because I think that uh, they have enough talent for that in this roster. Even if Misic does leave to the NBA, as you have hinted, and it's a possibility is on the table at the moment of the recording of this podcast. We don't know yet exactly how their roster will look like, but very likely it will be a high-level roster that we expect to be competing again on the next edition of the EuroLeague. But as we always do, we will now focus on the, the players that made this one of the best rosters in the competition. And while they didn't achieve the expected success as a team, they deserve players for the they deserve praise for the great basketball players that they are. And before we get to one that uh, to the one that for us is their MVP, I want to shout out players like Rodrigo Babois, Mumbai, Brian Danson, Chris Singleton. That's all were players that contributed for this team during this campaign. Also, type Tibor plays, and that uh, we won't be breaking down in detail on the on this episode. Let's. Uh, start by looking to the MVP of this FS roster, the player that we ranked as the best player of the whole competition, Will Clyburn, the 33 years old 6'7 American forward, was on his seventh EuroLeague season. This was his first with FS, and like you mentioned, he came to help them to conquer the, the three-peat this year. He ended the season with an average of 33 minutes per game, uh, scoring 16.7 points, having 5.6 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and one steal per game. These numbers made him rank third on the per performance index rating for the season. Clyburn played uh, his college basketball in the universities of Utah and I Iowa. And uh, his first professional experience in the Europe was with uh, Radio Farm Ulm in 2013. This season, Clyburn had many high-level performances, with uh, the best of them coming early in the season, already on round two, where despite a two-point overtime loss against Monaco, Clyburn was by far the best player in the court, ending the game with 28 points, six rebounds and six assists. As a player at the EuroLeague level, he won the competition in 20. 2019, being named the Final Four MVP on that year and being an All-Euroleague first team player in that season as well. While later being nominated in the season of 2020-2021 to, to the All-Euroleague second team. We ranked Clyburn highly and look forward for another dominant season in the next campaign. What makes Clyburn such a special player? I mean, obviously, like you said, we, we both had him number one 
on our top 10 players uh, of EuroLeague. Uh, I think offensively, he has no flaws. Uh, he can shoot the three, he can shoot the mid-range, he can drive. Uh, he's athletic, he, he has great size. For a, for a wing player, uh, he's very good in the in the post with his back to the basket, facing the basket. Like whatever you throw at him, he has an answer for it. So I, I really hope that uh, he gets a better situation around him next year, uh, regardless of what team he's playing for. Because I think a player like that should always be competing for titles and for Final Fours and all of that. So I hope we can see him on that uh, on that level again. Uh, I think this year, <clears throat> and again, also this was also one of the problems for FS uh, when Mormon left. Uh, so in the in the offseason last year, they didn't really replace him uh, with a power forward. And I think Will Clyburn had to play a lot of power forward minutes this year. And I, I also think that's one of the reasons that hurt their defense because they didn't have uh, a true power forward in there. Uh, and Baye, uh, I mean, I was expecting a bit more from him, even though he's not uh, an elite level player. Um, and then Singleton came mid-season, but uh, obviously having Singleton in the center, it, it, it kind of hurts the their ability to for their guards to drive. So Clyburn had to play the four a couple of minutes, a lot of minutes. Uh, Elijah Bryant as well. So I think that hurt them a little bit. But obviously, Will Clyburn is is so good offensively, defensively. He he's present. I think he's the best player in EuroLeague, like we both said. So, obviously, he was the MVP of this team. No doubt about it for me. And at the age 33, he showed no signs of uh, slowing down. We we ranked him as the best player in the EuroLeague on this season. And I think he still have more high-level seasons ahead of him in at the EuroLeague level. And looking forward to see if he will be playing with this FS team, if he will be playing somewhere else and hopefully he will be playing in the EuroLeague because he's one of the great players to, to watch. But this roster wasn't short in talent and another key player was Vasily Misic, the 29 years old 6'5 Serbian guard. He was MVP of the EuroLeague in 2021, Final Four MVP in 21 and in 22. He was the top scorer of the EuroLeague in 2022, all, all EuroLeague player in the year of 2019 2021 and 2022 and the winner of the EuroLeague in 21 and in 22 with his FS team. He ended the season with 16 points, 5.4 assists, 3.2 rebounds and 0.9 steals per game with uh, his most remarkable game happening on round 8 on the 96-86 win over Barcelona. With Misic being the game MVP ending the game with uh, 22 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds and 4 steals, uh, he was able to contribute for that uh, important win to, that uh, was able to take the, the team out of a slump after winning just two games on their first seven games of the season. A notable state stat for Misic this season was his third place rank in the three points made per game. There seems to be some sense of urgency of the player and of his representation on his final chance to make it uh, and to make the jump into the NBA and uh, that might be on the cards for next season. If confirmed how much will we be missing Misic over here on the European Hoops podcast well uh, I think Misic is a, a great player obviously uh, you mentioned he was the back-to-back -back Final Four MVP and champion of course Uh, I think I think he has the talent to to play in the NBA. Um, I, I just think it's a matter of finding the the right situation in order for him to be able to contribute. So we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, I just think he's so good in the pick and roll, um, driving off of the pick and roll. He, he is very strong driving to the basket. 
whether it's to, to score in the paint to, for stopping the mid-range or to kick it out. Uh, he has become a, a very good three-point shooter, which he has developed over the, the, the last couple of years. Uh, I think he's very good in transition play, but again, like I mentioned before, they didn't really play in quick transitions as much, but uh, my only concerns with him are his health because he's been having a, a couple of injuries the last couple of years, and, and I just don't know if those ankles are 100%, so we have to see how, how he develops and how he recovers from all of those injuries he had. And then, of course, the, the NBA question, like, we have to see what he's going to do. Um, if he leaves, I think, obviously, he's one of the best players in EuroLeague and maybe a top three point guard. So it's going to leave a mark because he, he had become one of the most important players in the in the last couple of years, leading FH to back-to-back titles. So we'll see what happens with, with his situation. But obviously, he's a great player. It, it was just an unfortunate year for all of these guys in FH. But uh, if they do stay, uh, I do think they they will be able to bounce back stronger. So we'll see what happens. I would say that I would hope him to stay for selfish reasons, but uh, for sure he, he would know what the best path for his career is. And uh, EuroLeague <laughs> is not short of talent regardless. And he's one of the, the great players that play in this amazing competition. Another key piece of FS roster was Shane Larkin, the 30 years old, six feet tall American guard with a Turkish passport and representing the Turkish national team. He was on his sixth EuroLeague season, his fifth with Efes after starting his career with Pasconi in 2016. The guard ended the season with 11.9 points, 4.8 assists, 2.5 rebounds and 1.1 steals per game, having played only 17 games, missing half of the season with an injury. It uh, was on round 21 on a high-scoring affair in Vitoria when Larkin had his best game of the season against his former team, ending the game with uh, 21 points, 6 assists, 3 rebounds and 1 steal. Larkin, Larkin has been named All-Euroleague player in uh, 2021 and 2022, having won the Euroleague twice with Efes on both of those seasons. The injury did slow down the, the guard on this season. Do you expect a strong bounce back next season? Yeah, I, I do. Because um, with Turkey not making the, the World Cup, uh, which is happening this year, uh, I think he's going to have uh, the whole half season to, to get his body right, to, to get healthy. So we'll see how, how he comes back next season. But obviously, he's a great scorer. He, he spent a couple of years in the NBA, so we know he has the talent. Uh, he's a great scorer. He can shoot. He can play make. It's just, like you said, just a matter of, get, of getting healthy. Uh, he missed a big part of last season uh, because of an injury that he suffered with the national team. So we'll see if he's healthy enough next year to, to perform at his best level, which we have seen. So And obviously, his size hurts him a little bit on defense, but he is a present defender. And I hope he can come back to, to his prime form because he is a, an elite Euroleague player for sure. Larkin is indeed an elite Euroleague player and uh, I do have hopes that this will be a bounce-back season and he will be performing at a very high level. But it's not time to dwell on a personal favorite of mine, Elijah Bryant, the 28-years-old 6'5 American wing, was on his fourth Euroleague season, his second with Efes after representing Maccabi for two seasons. It uh, was on the previous season that uh, already with Efes, Bryant was able to win his first Euroleague title. Bryant ended 
this season with 8.5 points, 4.1 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.7 steals and 0.4 blocks per game, being always ready to provide whatever his team needed from him, ending the season as an absolute crucial player and a crucial piece for this uh, roster of FS, as reflected by his role on the important win on round 32 over Virtus that gave the team hope to continue fighting for the, the playoffs when Brian ended the game with 13 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals and 1 block. I'll give you the floor by asking you how important it is to have an Elijah Bryant on the roster. Super important. Like He he was for sure, uh, I think, outside of Will Clyburn, uh, he may have been their most important player this year. And uh, obviously, with Misic and Larkin uh, underperforming a little bit, um, I think that obviously hurt them in terms of uh, global results. But uh, Elijah's performance was just great because he was able to be the second best player on a team with this level of talent. So that says a lot about him. Uh, obviously, he never cheats the game. He always comes in with energy um, for a, a shooting guard or small forward, however you want to put it. I think he can play both positions. Um, he's such a great rebounder for the position. He has developed his shoot, his, his three-point shot uh, a lot, especially in the corners. He's a very good three-point shooter in the corners. Uh, a very good defender, again, with energy as well. Uh, I I hope I, we can see more of him uh, in terms of one-on-one on, one on one offensively because I think he has the ability for it. And this year, uh, with such elite guards and Will Clyburn on the team, I don't think he had as much ball on his hands to to play uh, to to play his own actions and to be a playmaker. But I think he has the ability for that. So hopefully, we get to see him being more aggressive next year. But he's such a good player. He was very important for them. Um, he is a NBA champion as well. He he won a championship with the Bucks, and then he came to Europe and won a championship with uh, with Efes. So obviously, he has a, a nice career already, and still a lot of years ahead of him. So he's a very good player in Euroleague for sure. I think he could help any team. When I was looking into the into Elijah Bryant and preparing this podcast. He, although they are clearly different players, he reminded me a bit of Nigel Hayes Davis. And uh, I do wonder if uh, he can take an offensive leap like uh, Davis took this season and become an even more dominant player in a different setting, probably in a different team. I do think he has it in him. He is not a polished offensive player right now, but he's a great complementary piece. And I think he can do even more. And he's on his prime at 28 years old. And I think he have great years ahead and he can be um, maybe not a superstar but he can be an elite player of the EuroLeague I'm, I'm confident of that let's now end our players breakdown with uh, Ante Zizic the 6'10 Croatian big man playing on his fourth EuroLeague season his first with Efes after two seasons with Maccabi he's shown flashes of what he can do during the season t- uh, taking he's shown flashes of what he can do during this season uh, on the FS home win over Virtus on round 32 when Zizic was named the game MVP, ending the game with 24 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist and 1 steal in less than 18 minutes. Zizic ended the season with 7.7 points, 3.7 rebounds, averaging only 15 minutes per game. My question for you is Zizic at age 26 is ready for a bigger role and to become a dominant force in the EuroLeague? Well, uh, again, uh, I think similarly to Elijah Bryant uh, on different levels, of course. But uh, I think Zizic um, didn't perform at a higher level because of the situation he was in with Efes. Uh, I think being such a guard-oriented team, uh, I think hurt his production a lot because they don't really play through the post. 
And uh, I, I think their best option for the guys they had uh, on the guards and wings position was Plyce because of his ability to shoot and to space the floor. But uh, I do think Zizic is a better player overall, and I think he's better in the post. So uh, in a situation where they actually use the, the post players and play through them, I think Zizic can be a, a high-level EuroLeague player. He, he spent a couple of years in the NBA. Uh, I think at 26, he is experienced enough to, to take that jump and to perform at a higher level. I think he's a, a very good player in the post. He's a nice roller off of the pick and roll. Uh, I think offensively, he's a good center. Uh, I think he needs to, to be a bit better defensively and just be more consistent. But again, due to the situation he was in, I think consistency was a, a bit hard for him to have. And I, I don't think that's his fault. So hopefully he's in a better situation next year, whether we, whether it is with this FS team or another team. Uh, I want to see him in a in a place where they use him more to, to the strength of his abilities. Uh, and I think having that, I think he can be a, an elite uh, post player in the, in the early. Zizic has in him the ability to be an elite post player and a force in the EuroLeague and uh, I expect to see that from him in the, the following seasons and now let's speak about the, the man, the head coach of the, the FS team, the person responsible for all these rotations, for all these decisions I wouldn't say that he was responsible for the disappointment of the season, he was part of it as all the pieces were but uh, Ataman, he is an experienced coach that led FS to the 2021 and 2022 titles and was the EuroLeague coach of the year in 2021 having a proven track record of success he started his coaching career in 89 at youth level with FS since then he has been climbing the ranks coaching several teams in Turkey Italy and also having an experience as an assistant coach at the Stanford University back in 98-99 besides coaching FS Ataman has also been the head coach for the Turkish national team and by the time of the recording of this podcast we already know that Ataman will be taking over Paratinaikos for next next season in the hope to revamp the, the giant from Greece what would you say that makes Ataman such a successful coach uh, I think his energy his being emotional uh, I think plays in his factor because you you clearly see that uh, he wants to win and I think he he puts that energy into his players and he demands the the best from them. Uh, obviously this year that that didn't work but uh, again uh, we've mentioned all of the reasons for that. Uh I think one good attribute about him that I like it a lot. Uh he says he just says fuck rotations. I, I'm going to play my best players and I, I'm going to use them to the best of their abilities. If I have to play them high 30s uh, in minutes, I will. So uh, I think that's a, a great way. <clears throat> Sorry. I think that's a great way of using your your elite roster like he had these past couple of years. Uh, and unfortunately, this year it didn't really work for them because also a couple of key players got had some injuries and they didn't produce at the level they were supposed to. And obviously they missed the playoffs. But uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do with Panathinaikos. Obviously, they've been struggling a lot the last couple of years. Uh, the fans haven't been showing up. So there's been a lot of issues with, with the, the Greek giant. But uh, we know Ataman uh, is a win-now coach. Uh, he's not going to be mi missing the playoffs or he's not going to be coaching a team that doesn't have an aspiration to be in the playoffs at least. And obviously, uh, they have announced the signings of uh, Matias Lasort and Vildoza. So we know he, he's going to try to turn it around and to rebuild that team quick to, to try to contend for Final Fours and for championships. And hopefully, he, he will bring back uh, the Panathinaikos glory days. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I'm excited to see 
and with coach Ataman and the man that led this FS team to two consecutive titles. Let's wrap up this episode. Stay tuned in while we finish our series of teams recaps coming out every Monday and Wednesday, followed by our World Cup coverage that will be starting very, very, very soon. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos Eroli, where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre, and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode.